Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here, as always, with the last week in Mortgage Today, where we take you through the week that was in the mortgage industry. And as always, each week, I try to pick somebody highly intelligent from our lender member network to be the co-host and back in the co-host seat for at least the third or fourth time on this show. One of our favorites, CEO, Megastar Financial, Anita Padilla. Anita, great to see you. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. And as always, strive for interactivity with the show. Any questions, comments, thoughts anybody has for uh, Anita or I, uh, go ahead and put them in the chat in the Q&A and we will incorporate it into the show unless it's just too dumb to incorporate. So let's go ahead and get into it. Anita, the Federal Reserve, uh, what a dilemma they find themselves in. Some would argue self-inflicted wounds, um, you know, a little late to the party. Uh, on the inflation game, the whole, you know, inflation is transitory and then it's not and the catch up. And here we are uh, as they meet today, the first day of their two day most recent policy meeting and Federal Reserve really tasked with uh, the uh, really a, a dilemma that they have on their hands. And that is wound, but don't cripple the U.S. economy to try to rein in. Uh, consumer spending, tamping a little bit a really hot labor market, and to help tamp down inflation without sending the U.S. and global economy into a massive uh, recession. Uh, Got to be some sleepless nights for uh, Jerome Powell these days. Oh, absolutely. Um, really tough job at looking at the government and um, how they have reacted really since COVID, you know, they went this way, you know, now they're charged with going the other way, but, you know, changes, I guess, that are, are probably necessary to achieve their goal, which really they're achieving their goal when we look at um, what's happening with inventory. So, you know, your, your point about your, in your, um, earlier uh, uh, comments to us with regard to sellers not really having the upper hand anymore, right? Um, and, you know, they, they kind of still do have the upper hand because we still have slightly higher demand than what we have with regard to inventory. But what the federal government is doing is working, you know, raising rates and slowing down the uh, affordability for customers to buy houses, less people are qualified. So, you know, it's it's a tough situation and um, interesting to watch. I look at what's going on, particularly with regard to volume. We all need volume right now and we're having to right size and, you know, where do we go? How do we move forward? Where's our focus with regard to these higher rates? You know, my loan officers will attend sales, uh, sales uh, webinars, whatnot, and say to me, well, you know, when we have this dip, I'm like, what, you know, what dip? You know, I, I don't know what dip we're looking for. Even if we have a slightly, a slight dip with regard to rates, it's not going to be two and a half, three in the three percent range, the four percent range where we did so much business and built our portfolios, which is really kind of our lifeblood right now, right? Is our servicing right. portfolios and the um, income we're getting on that strip. Um, you know, other lenders who maybe didn't retain servicing, you know, that's a that's a tough 
a tough story. So I'm just preparing for, um, I guess, what's the inevitable and how do we adjust to our new environment with regard to where the rates will be. Outstanding perspective as always, Anita. Greatly appreciate it. And pleased to be joined by our other co-host this week. Uh, wanted to get some insight just under the valuation side of what's going on uh, in our industry. So we turn to our good friends and partners at TriServe Appraisal, longtime partners at TMC, uh, top tier uh, appraisal management company, doing business in all 50 states, and uh, happy to welcome their executive price. Executive Vice President, National Director of Sales and Marketing, Ted Van Horst to the show. Ted, great Thank to see you. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. Amy or uh, Anita, nice to meet you. I'm sorry I had uh, dialed into a different uh, uh, login, but uh, it's nice to be here. Nice to join all of you. Uh, the good news on the appraisal side, of course, is that, um, uh, you know, from the highs of the COVID uh, the past two years, we're seeing turn times drop dr dramatically. So when an appraisal is ordered, uh, the turn times are very, very low. And that's in all 50 states. We're seeing that across the board, if you will. Um, I'm even seeing appraisers call us now and ask if we have any orders. So um, in terms of values, uh, you know, other than uh, some areas of the United States, uh, values remain flat is what we're seeing. We're not really seeing uh, values drop just yet, although I anticipate uh, in certain markets we will see that. So happy to answer any other questions here, Rich, for you. Absolutely. And thank you, Ted, for that perspective. And we'll certainly be going back to you for more of it as we meander through the show. So, uh, Anita, let's go back to just the current climate and, you know, just talking about, I guess, you know, a lot of people are calling it a reset in our industry. Let's take a look at, at where we're at right now. Uh, you know, we have mortgage rates essentially doubled up 3.2 at the beginning of the year, uh, but, you know, in the mid sixties now. And, um, but now we're starting to see some of the things starting to happen that would portend a healthier market going forward. Uh, to Ted's point, values aren't dropping off the face of the planet, but they're starting to stabilize. We're seeing that month over month right. increases are, are starting to diminish. Uh, Realtor.com did their housing, big housing market report a couple of weeks ago. Um, in that, indicated that active listing inventory uh, up 26% year over year um, in the highest since October of 2020. But if you look, still nowhere near a healthy market. And I think the point you made was a salient one. Despite the fact we are seeing some moderation in values, uh, we're seeing more listings hitting the market, we still have more demand uh, than supply right now in the marketplace, mm -hmm. correct? Anita? Yeah, yeah. I, my, I mean, what I read is we do have a uh, still slightly higher demand than what we have in inventory. When we look at the real estate available in the market, you know, you have uh, homes that are in a certain sector. And Ted, you could probably speak better uh, to this than I can, sure. where these houses are, are still selling relatively quickly. Then you have other homes that are, you know, not in that sector where sellers are looking for ways to move their inventory, move their property and who they're going to sell to. Um, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is these I the I buyers, I guess, is what they're called, you know, companies that mm -hmm. are going in and making offers uh, to these sellers and the sellers 
potentially selling to these people. So what we look at is, okay, um, is that really in the best interest of the seller? And, you know, what's their why? Do they need to move immediately? Do need, or, you know, they're going to leave money on the table, you know, mm-hmm. with the same, with that same thought, you will see companies where they say, well, they actually got a better value with the iBuyer. So they're looking at pure data. So if there's something going on with the property that the data didn't show, maybe it had some sort of obsolescence, either interior or exterior, that Mm -hmm. caused the property to not value according to data. Um, But for the most part, when you're in uh, areas that are urban or rural, where you have a lot of uh, density, um, you are going to have more sales. And a lot of the times, uh, assuming there's no obsolescence, the iBuyer is going to make a, a lower value uh, offer than what a, uh, a, a a regular buyer would be willing to pay. But Ted, what are your thoughts? Right. Well, uh, one thing that uh, I found uh, still a little bit remarkable is that, uh, and I saw this stat this morning, there's still 30% of the buyers are paying cash. And that's nationally. So uh, that's still a very, very high percentage where people have already sold or, uh, you know, and taken the the profits from their home. Um, And, you know, so that's still driving a large part of the market and also where the values are remaining flat, if you will. Uh, You are not seeing any more appreciation. I haven't seen any at this time. But there's pockets, of course. Um, anybody can can you tell what my background is? That's Phoenix. So <laughs> anyway, Phoenix was one of the the uh, markets that was uh, you know the the inflation is substantial. So uh, we anticipate that the the market in Phoenix will see a little bit of a drop, if you will. Uh, and of course, there's other areas in the country that will experience the same thing. But um, you know, certainly to your point, Anita, the I buyers, um, you know, people just have to sell and they just want to get out before. I think a lot of the the thoughts and people people selling right now is they want to they want to sell before um, that dip, if you will. So kind of my two cents. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swabinski with the Mortgage Collaborative this week, joined by the CEO of Megastar Financial, Anita Padilla and the Executive Vice President and Director of National Sales and Marketing for TriServe Appraisal, longtime partner to TMC and uh, beloved by the members, Ted Benhorst. So, Ted, thanks for joining us and the partnership that uh, TriServe and TMC have had for years. And you'll be in Chicago uh, meeting with our members coming up here this week. Absolutely. And uh, I see we have almost 60 participants. If anybody is, uh, will be in Chicago, I'd love to to visit with you. I'd love to shake your hand. And uh, if you have any specific questions about the appraisal process or how TriServe does things differently, I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. So yeah. thank you, Rich. Over 400 registered and climbing should be a great event. Yep. Uh, really, absolutely. Really, um, really looking forward to it. Absolutely. So <clears throat> Anita, FHA mortgage insurance premiums. I remember talking to you about this like six months ago, or whenever the last time you coasted was. And um, you know, MBA recently, you know, kind of put a, a paper out there. Um, you know, I think home buyers in, in this affordability climate need all all the help on the margins they can. The FHA reserve fund four and a half times uh, where it should be. 
it's a lot of uh, industry yammering uh, for for premiums that come down. Where do you sit on that? Yeah. So, I mean, the mathematics, I believe, uh, presented do show that the amount of premium that's being collected today is more than what's needed, you know, with regard to the delinquencies and foreclosures that are being experienced by HUD. Um, arguing, I guess, on the other side, that's largely due to values and values stable or increasing. So, of course, if you have an asset that is worth more than the debt, you're going to liquidate the asset and pay off the debt. Uh, when the tables turn and you can't liquidate the asset to pay off the debt, that's when you start uh, seeing the increase in foreclosures, whatnot. So um, I think it'll be interesting just to see how that really plays out because, you know, again, there's there's two sides of the coin. And, um, you know, I, I think in back uh, when uh, uh, President Trump took office, they were getting ready to lower values we made all the changes, the paperwork was done, the computers were reprogrammed and then boom, they pulled it. That was a major bummer. So, um, but ever since then, you know, we've been, we've been doing well. And I think if they were going to decrease them way back then, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do it today. Few industries that are affected more by the change in the White House and our industry. It's it just it. I remember when I was a leader in this industry, and you know, talking to people like yourself, and it's like you think about what changes hands when the White House changes hands. FHFA, CFPB, HUD, uh, a commissioner, and it's never, almost never, uh, you know, the same perspective that their predecessor has. But just another challenge, right? That uh, leaders in our industry. Uh, uh, you know, another variable that uh, is not controllable that uh, you got to react to and, and count for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, moving onward, um, Anita, in addition to owning Megastar Financial, you own a technology company. One of many reasons we love uh, gleaning your perspective on on industry. And uh, one of the, you know, like deputies from FHFA spoke at a conference recently um, and, you know, basically kind of went on talking about the risks that mortgage innovation pose and kind of making the argument that, you know, these risks are still unknown. They could be greater. They could diminish some of the efficiencies that new technology, you know, uh, purports to uh, provide. Um, who better, I thought, than ask you and uh, your perspective uh, on this topic? Um, thank you, Rich. And I obviously have a lot of thoughts on that. So, um, you know, I think the government is, uh, you know, correct in asking people to think about the risks that would be posed with regard to all of these different, you know, technologies. Um you go anywhere from the data warehouse, which is obviously mission critical in our world today with all the fraudsters out there, you know, trying to ping our data, our ability to protect our, our consumers and um, really the data, which is the uh, lifeblood of your consumer base and how you do business. Um, also, you know, when I think and I look at you know, we're getting bombarded with uh, technology companies, pick me, pick me, pick me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I ask myself is, what experience does this company have in what I do for a living? 
You know, have they dealt with repurchase loans? Have they, you know, did the, you know, cost to produce um, protection of my data? So, you know, a lot of these very fine companies out there, you know, introducing product is, you know, what live experience, you know, have you had with that? We don't want to be stuck with repurchase loans, uh, et cetera. So I think that, you know, when I ask myself, you know, who's the fintech, what's their background and what's their real life experience and where does this fit into my stack? So um, at Megastar Financial, I work with uh, retail relationship loan officers who have self-sourced business. So they're very entrepreneurial in that perspective. So is the tool that I'm asking them to use aligned with their business model? Or am I a company where the company's the brand? We're out doing the marketing and the loan officer is real, really more of a licensed administrator. Uh, we pay loan officers a lot of money that are self-sourced because what we pay them for is bringing business in. So how do I provide them with technologies that they, that they resonate with that they're going to use as an example, using um, some of the digital validations, right? Um, what, what is, uh, what are you asking them to do? Are they going to accept it? So let's just say something as simple as form free where you're validating bank assets. Well, the first question is, um, is your company aligned with SSV with Fannie Mae so that you can get a day one certainty on the finding? You know, if it's not, you're really just getting a bank statement versus 12 months of data that potentially could give you documentation relief and day one certainty with the work number. You know, the cost of the work number versus the cost of form free is substantial. So um, why and if you're using the work number, are you using the benefit that comes with it, which, again, is the day one certainty? So because then you mm -hmm. don't have to have an underwriter underwrite it. But if you're going down that same path with every loan anyway, your spend for the work number is pretty expensive. And if you're compiling that with a digital asset validation, you've just increased the expense. And if you're not using the, the, the day one certainty, really, is that a good use of your funds? So, you know, that list can go on and on and on and on. So really, I think, um, you know, you're, you're to the government's point, number one, risk of your database. Number two, have you vetted to make sure you don't get stuck with any repurchase loans? Because that's a super big bummer, right? And what's your fintech stack cost? And are you going to be able to reasonably afford all of those technologies? And then I always ask, well, what about your employees? You know, somebody said to me, with regard to our point of sale system. Um, so are you like putting processors out of work or underwriters out of work because we have our augmented processor underwriter that does a lot of that work? I'm like, no, we're increasing the number of units that that employee can do to make it more affordable for you and give you a compliant sellable loan. So, um, you know, those, those are a, a few of my thoughts. I could, you know, obviously go on forever, but as independent mortgage bankers, and we look at companies like Rocket Mortgage, they've done mm -hmm. a great job. United Wholesale Mortgage has done a great job implementing digital um, validators to reduce their costs and expedite their ability to get loans done very quickly. 
and you compile that technology with loan officers that have built their business through relationships and being advocates for borrowers and families. And I think that the independent mortgage bankers can be very powerful with that combination. I agree. And that was very good information. Yes. Incredibly well said, Anita. Yeah. Uh, very poignant. And Ted, to you, the valuation side of our business, uh, technology, acceptance of it, it's come a long way. Uh, it has, Rich. And uh, a little bit to, by necessity, to... but some of it just uh, by evolution and uh, uh, your perspective on the, that, that side of the tech side of our business. Absolutely. To piggyback on some of the things that, uh, that yourself and Anita uh, said. In terms of the validators, of course, uh, there is the uh, desktop remote valuation product uh, that came out in January uh, of this year. Um, what we've found is that appraisers are reticent to embrace that because they are actually signing their name to a report where they have not seen the property uh, they have not been on site. So uh, even though that, pro that product is available, um, and typically it can be a little quicker, but uh, it hasn't been embraced by the appraisal community as much as we thought it would be. I think over time, uh, that will become uh, more and more uh, a product that is being used. The other one um, is the ACE plus a PDR. So that is an automated collateral evaluation plus uh, a property data report. And uh, that uh, became available effective July 17th. And um, I don't know if anyone on this call is taking advantage of that. Um, apparently, um, when a loan is submitted, uh, Freddie Mac has a portal. Um, uh, through the loan product advisor that uh, gives you feedback as to whether the property uh, is approved for this product. That is something, though, that we can offer. Both of those are something we can offer at Tricer. But in terms of the, the validators and the automa automation, it is uh, starting to affect the appraisal process. Thanks, Ted. This is the last week of mortgage today. We've got about five minutes left with Anita Padilla of Megastar Financial, Ted Venhorst of TriServe Appraisal. Anita, you mentioned some of your larger, more notable competitors, Rocket Mortgage, United Wholesale, really have rode the pandemic wave to increase market share. Independent mortgage banks probably, I haven't seen the latest stats, doing close to 70 percent of the loans in America. I saw CFPB put a report out today, their latest the data, the top 25 mortgage lenders in America. I think their market share went up by like 11% quarter over quarter. When the CFPB goes out of their way to put out a press release about that, uh, you know, it tells you, if you, you watch the breadcrumbs they're leaving, you know, kind of what they're looking at, probably a little bit, at least aware of the market share gains. And that's certainly some of the CEOs of those companies, uh, you know, do a good job staying in the papers, but uh, Rocket and, and launched their inflation buster program. You see both of them kind of 
came out with their guesses on what the new conforming loan limits are going to be. And it, it, it harkens all back to something you said before we go live, went, well, before we went live and something that I've heard consistently from the smartest uh, CEOs that I get a chance to speak with on a daily basis. And it's, you know, if you're a lender, you really got to have what you called your secret sauce. You got to really have yeah. something that differentiates you because in this day and age of, you know, automated this and automated that and uh, apply on your phone, you know, at the end of the day, it still is a human business, a massive purchase people are making. And I just see lenders this year, you know, really that quest to differentiate themselves. And uh, I'm, I'm certain that's part of the, the Megastar playbook as well. So. Yeah, the hardest part, I think, is, you know, when you when you look at Rocket, Rocket, right, in this new product that they just came out with their rate buster, you know, they're doing a 1% buy down. And uh, they're pricing it in. And but, you know, what Rocket does and they do well is they don't pay loan officers for self-source business. They use those funds to advertise and to do the programs that they're doing today. And they they've done a good job with their bucket. Right. But our hopes is that Mm -hmm. they don't know how to expand their bucket. So their bucket is very digital. Then you look at self-source business in our bucket. Well, when you're dealing with entrepreneurs that self-source loan officers really are, call them what you are, they don't always want to take advantage of that digital platform. So, you know, you know, with, with the Loan Maps platform, you can approve the loan literally and have a certificate to deliver that loan into the secondary market if you follow what it tells you if you use the digital platform. So Quicken does that, what falls out of their digital platform though can sometimes not be as smooth. United Wholesale Mortgage, brilliant, right? Brilliant. They go to their brokers and they kind of apply that same logic. They say, you will do it this way. And the brokers do it that way. And then they send it to you, United Wholesale Mortgage. Now, Rocket and United have huge servicing portfolios that are bringing cash in. They have public funding that they're using to subsidize rates. But at some point, they're going to have to turn the corner. And we all know that. But, you know, in the interim, you know, as independent mortgage bankers, you know, let's focus on taking advantage of the digital platform and making sure your loan officers buy in, give them a reason, you know, give them a discount on, on quality of delivery or your ability to get the loan approved at application, you know, give them something to help them and do that so you can lower your cost to produce, deliver quickly and know that you have a loan that you can securely, and I can only say that for loan maps, deliver into the secondary market. So, you know, we need to compete with these people and and that's what it's going to, in my humble opinion, that's what it's going to take. I love it. Very well said. Uh, Ted, no no inflation buster appraisals you guys are offering at Chaser, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep that margin as best we can. Right. You have less appraisals. Certainly, uh, uh, one of our uh, requirements is that we pay uh, customary and reasonable fees. So, uh, you know, we keep an eye on that all the time. But absolutely, uh, our pricing is extremely fair. Standing. Uh, just about out of time for the week. like to use this time to remind our listeners, the majority of you listen on podcasts, which we love and appreciate. Join the live broadcast every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Typically, I have 50, 60, 70 people in here live. Uh, a lot of fun. Also, can find us, our smiling faces on YouTube uh, after the fact, uh, Mortgage Collaborative's YouTube page, where uh, you can find all of our previous episodes on demand. We've been doing this show every week. 
really since right after the pandemic started and a therapeutic way, at least for me to, to navigate what's been a wild two and a half years uh, for the mortgage industry since March of 2020. So I want to Include by thanking our listeners for taking 30 minutes of your week out with us. The goal is to make this time effective for you. Uh, listen as you're doing something else. Keep plugged into what's going on outside your silo. want to thank Anita, Padilla Fitzgerald, the CEO, Megastar. Anita, thank you so much for all you do for the network and sharing your expertise with us. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. And to Ted Venhurst of TriServe Appraisal, longtime AMC partners at TMC, uh, a lot of happy TMC lender member companies. You can find Ted in Chicago this weekend. Anybody on our team is going to be able to get you Ted's uh, contact info at Appraisal if you're looking for a great lead AMC that's uh, doing business all over the country and doing a great job. But, uh, but uh, Ted, our, yeah, Anita, nice to meet you. And Rich, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, and look forward to seeing everybody in Chicago. Absolutely. Chicago, Thank see, you. You both, see you both there in the flesh and uh, many of you, right. you know, I saw uh, in the live audience as well. So until next to no, next Tuesday, we're going to be in it's going to one week a year. We two weeks a year. We don't do this our, during our live conferences. So we'll be back in two weeks. But a lot of you I'll get to see in person this weekend in the Windy City. Until then, have a great rest of the week. Everybody. Thank you. Have a good Bye. one. Thanks, Take everybody. Care. Appreciate it. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.